So we've got Kamala imploding by the minute. Biden's approval numbers continue to plunge. That's hard to do at this point. Kyle Rittenhouse is acquitted. We've got liberal cities around the country restoring funding to police, restoring funding after they defunded the police. So it's nice to have so much positive news to report for a change. So much to get to. Kamala now has fired her press secretary. I mean, you know things are bad when the vice vice presidents usually nobody even knows anything about them. And we got Kamala here in such a mess. She's firing her press secretary. There are rumors that Biden's considering replacing her. That's not going to happen, of course. But, I mean, this is the least popular politician perhaps in American history, including – I mean, she makes Biden look like Abe Lincoln. And, I mean, who are the attacks on Kamala coming from? They're coming from the White House. This is so much fun. We are excited to be hosted on the VIN News Podcast Network, VIN News, one of the preeminent news outlets, period. You can send us an email, josh at joshmshow.com, J-O-S-H, josh at joshmshow.com. Send us an email about anything on your mind. Of course, the big story of the day, Kyle Rittenhouse has been acquitted on all counts. If you listen to this show, then you're probably not surprised. This is exactly what we predicted. This trial never should have happened in the first place. This was not a trial for justice. This was for politics only. Literally divisive, and there was zero, zero legal reasons for this trial to have ever taken place. It was the enormous political pressure. Why? Because people equate this somehow with racism. This was a white man who shot white protesters at a BLM riot. So let me just say that there was nothing racial about this. If you read the mainstream media, they they almost bury the fact that the men who were shot We're white because they're trying to make this about race. It's absurd. And let me say this to the mainstream media. This trial has nothing to do with race. We'll read you some quotes here, some ludicrous quotes from the Chicago Tribune. I mean, how do you call this a racial issue when a white guy shot three white guys? But they're they're just burying that fact. And that's why it's so nuts to make it about race. But the media, they don't care. They want to divide. They want everything to somehow be Racial, even when it's a white person shooting white people. Here's a quote from the Chicago Tribune. For some people watching on television, particularly people of color, the case became a symbol of racial inequities in the justice system when it comes to who has the ability and money to tell their side of the story. So there's there's a quote from the Chicago Tribune. Oh, well, Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted because he's white and because he's got the money. And this is about racial inequity. What are you talking about? There's nothing to do with any of that. And here's a quote from a, a, a Milwaukee re, uh, resident, Levita Booker, quote, I'm a 60-year-old black woman, so I'm not surprised by anything. Uh, I just know if Kyle's name was Calvin or Khalif, I don't think the result would be the same, end quote. I hope she's wrong. That would be pretty sad if there was video footage that showed clearly that it was self-defense and it was a black person who pulled the trigger, not a white. I'd be sitting here defending the black person as well. So, but, but, and here's the other thing. All these people who are upset, if you have the money, and I don't think Kyle Rittenhouse had the money, but you had conservative activists who helped him raise the money. I, I don't think Rittenhouse, their family has money, but they were, they, the, the money was raised by conservatives who were outraged that this person, this young man was in court in the first place having to defend himself. But all these people who are complaining about the fact that if you have enough money, you can hire lawyers who can win the case. Well, that may, first of all, I mean, look, there is there is definitely truth to that. Certainly, if you've got a lot of money, 
You can hire a bunch of lawyers. I'll give you that. But that's not a racial issue. What, what, what happened with O.J. Simpson? Where were these people? Were these people outraged? These people of color who are upset that Kyle Rittenhouse can hire lawyers and get acquitted when O.J. Simpson, the murderer, hired a dream team, got exonerated even though he was 100% guilty. I don't remember them complaining then about the fact that O.J. Simpson bought his way out of jail. So the jury deliberated for several days. I don't even know what the, you know, I was wondering what the deliberations, it was pretty clear that uh, Rittenhouse was acting in self-defense as we outlined here for many, many days. But look, they wanted to be extra careful. So the jury, they reviewed video for several days. And by the way, that makes us, that should make us even more confident that the acquittal was legit and not based on race, not based on expensive lawyers, because the jury obviously took things very seriously. The mostly white jury, as the media likes to remind us that it was a mostly white jury, again, because all they want to do is race bait. By the way, the judge, did you hear about this? The judge banned MSNBC from the courtroom on, I believe, Thursday. The judge banned MSNBC from the courtroom after a freelancer working for MSNBC was caught by police. He ran a red light. He was following the bus carrying the jury and possibly trying to take pictures of jurors. And this was an issue for weeks that jurors, there were people, spies, who were literally trying to take pictures of jurors, find out personal identifying information about the jurors because they wanted to jury tamper. It's as simple as that. Uh, all right. Meanwhile, President Biden or the Biden administration, they have suspended the vaccine mandate. It's officially OSHA, but it's it's the Biden, it's the White House, the Biden administration. They have suspended the vaccine mandate after it was struck down. Give them credit. It was struck down twice by the courts and they actually suspended it. Um so isn't that commendable that they're following a court order? I mean, am I supposed to give them like a pat on the back here because they're following the courts, following the rule of law and uh, for a change and uh, and suspending the vaccine mandate? And in my opinion, there's no way this mandate is going to win on appeal because I believe that it is unconstitutional. And here's the question, and others have posed this question. Why are they not? They're busy mandating vaccines for businesses. Why is Biden not mandating vaccines for welfare recipients. And this would not be a constitutional issue. This would not be controversial at all. I'm not saying that I would support this, but 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 they who are mandating businesses and doing all sorts of mandates they're trying to carry out to, 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 to force people to get the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, what about welfare? Why not make it that in order to qualify for food stamps, for Medicaid, for welfare, for other government programs, you need to have a vaccine, you need to be vaccinated. Don't you, you know how many millions of people, do you realize if tomorrow they got up, Biden got up and said that in order to qualify for welfare programs, for Medicaid, for food stamps, I mean, you're talking about tens of millions of people. And by the way, a lot of the minorities who are receiving welfare are the biggest anti-vaxxers. Uh, that would just be an enormous boost for the vaccine if they made it welfare was dependent on the vaccine. You could only qualify. I, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Why are they not doing that? Think about that for a minute. And, and constitutionally speaking, they can make whatever requirements. It's not like a business where there's a commerce clause where it's beyond the government's jurisdiction. The federal government, they're the ones who dole out the welfare. They're the ones who dole out the money. So certainly, and the free stuff, certainly they'd be able legally, I believe, to mandate the vaccine. I mean, so it's just, it's just, um, and the answer is because if they target welfare recipients, the backlash from Democrat voters would be catastrophic. So again, Biden, the Democrats are placing politics over public health, which that's what they accuse Trump of doing. That's exactly what they're guilty of. So Kamala Harris, I mean, this is so much fun. I cannot help but enjoy this. 
The media has turned on Kamala Harris. We're going to explain why. Kamala put out a statement or did an interview saying, I'm doing a good job. I'm very effective. I'm, as a vice president, I've been very effective. She's defending herself. Number one, it's hilarious that we're at the point here where the VP, this never happens as I'm going to explain, but the vice president has to, has to defend herself because she's under fire. And, uh, somehow how it is that Biden is deflecting things onto her is almost astonishing because it makes no sense that like the president is basically uh, accusing the vice president of being the incompetent one. And it's like, He's the president and he's incompetent. They're both incompetent. But that settles it. Kamala says, listen, I'm doing a very effective job. Okay, guys, case closed. That settles it. She said she look, she said she's doing an effective job. I guess we must have made a mistake. She also told us that she didn't need to visit the border, remember? So um here's why this is so much fun, because here's the thing. The media has now thrown Kamala under the bus. Why are they doing that? Because Kamala is now viewed as more of a threat than Biden. Because even though supposedly there's some report from the Wall Street Journal that Biden says he's going to run again in 2024, I don't believe it. But the media, they are so terrified of Kamala being the candidate, of Kamala being the nominee in 2024, Biden is not going to run again. So if Kamala has the – they will take any candidate besides Kamala. By the way, they're grooming Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg is now viewed as the new hero for the Democrat Party. And uh, he's got the infrastructure bill. Now he's getting credit for because he's the department of he's the secretary of transportation. And uh, they're grooming Buttigieg. They think he's going to be like the hero who's going to be able to somehow beat Trump in 2024. I don't believe that for a second. But they like him a lot. The media, in other words, and the White House, they like him a lot better than Kamala. But he's not, a, he, you know, he's not a female. Biden pledged to pick a female as a running mate. So obviously he couldn't have picked Buttigieg. But so now Kamala is a liability. And here's what's so funny about this. The VP is not supposed to get anything done. Do you know what the sum total, in, according to the Constitution, um, what is the sum total responsibility for the vice president? What are the vice president's responsibilities? The vice president, right, it's a job. They get they run for vice president. They're the running mate of the president, right? So what's their job? There is one job. I mean, maybe they're the president pro temp of the Senate, but besides that, that it's like the tiebreaker. But besides that, their job is to replace the president, which Kamala did the other day when, when Biden had a colonoscopy for a few minutes. Kamala was actually president. Somehow the country survived. But um, that's their only job. So it, it makes no – you never hear about – that. the vice president is wallpaper. The VP is wallpaper. You, they, you, they literally have no, – there is no job. There's no duty responsibility that the VP has, period. They're not supposed to get anything done. So a VP that's not getting anything done is like – Doing their job. So you never, ever see – you never saw Cheney. Cheney, people got upset at for other reasons because they felt that he was too harsh or whatever. You know, Biden did not get a lot of flack except that he was threatening, you know, Ukraine that they better fire their the, the prosecutor. And it just doesn't happen. Al Gore – I mean people make fun of them. They, a lot of times people poke fun of them. They mock them because it's fun to do that. But like the VP – so like Kamala right now is getting hammered. I mean now, yes, Biden did give her – see – Here's the thing. Biden set her up or whoever is running the show there because they gave Kamala the border. They basically decided, all right, let's take all the jobs that are impossible, all the jobs where Biden looks like he's doing a terrible job like the border and COVID. And we'll just throw it to Kamala. All right, that's Kamala's job. Oh, well, Kamala, you're not doing a good job because Biden's got all the power. He's doing nothing. And then Kamala, she like basically has no leverage, no way to be able to solve the problem. Well, we gave it to Kamala. Oh, well, now she should have pushed back and said, I'm not taking that job. But that would be kind of an embarrassment. That would make that would make her look bad. So I mean, I'm amazed that they didn't put Kamala in charge of Afghanistan. But uh, so what's happening here is that 
Biden is so incompetent. This is like the perfect storm. Biden is incompetent. There are a lot of expectations on Kamala. She was supposed to really be the one running the show. Remember that? And uh, like I said, you know, Biden, he doesn't really know what's going on half the time. So they gave Kamala these important jobs. So they basically put Kamala in a position where she was doomed to fail. I'm not defending her in in any way here, but the White House completely set her up for failure. Meanwhile, the media is thrilled to buy into the narrative because they're terrified that Kamala is going to get the nomination, as I said. Now, why is Kamala Harris, she's a dreadful politician. We said this throughout the uh, throughout the primaries. Kamala is a terrible, terrible politician for many reasons. She laughs things off. She's condescending. She makes fun of reporters. She makes fun of her opponents. She makes fun of everybody, of Republicans, and she has no core. She jumps around, flips around from issue to issue. So she's really, you know, she's very, very strongly disliked. But here's the thing. It's no, it should be no surprise to anybody because why did Biden pick Kamala Harris? Did he pick her because of her qualifications? Did he pick her because she was such a strong candidate? No, she was one of the first to drop out. Biden picked her for two reasons. She is female and she is black. Okay, you don't pick a vice president or any politician because of their race, because of their gender. That is the wrong reason. She's the affirmative action candidate. Remember, Biden, he had no choice. He, he promised that he was going to pick a female. And so then he was stuck with a female and then not the most qualified, but a female. And then it had to be someone black because he was choosing it right after the George Floyd situation. The George George Floyd was murdered. So then at that point, well, he had to pick somebody black. So he stuck with a black female who was on the national stage. There were very, very few people to choose from. So it's no surprise that Kamala is completely imploding right now, as Biden has been doing. By the way, we have a lot of other news to get to here for the seventh week in a row applications for unemployment have dropped. Unemployment numbers, meaning first-time applications for unemployment, new filings for unemployment, has gone down for seven weeks in a row. Now, let's, gee, let's figure out what could that be? Why could that, why would that be? What could possibly be the reason that filing for unemployment is down for seven weeks in a row? Well, what happened about two months ago, uh, a little bit more than two months ago, remember the federal unemployment checks Stopped, right? They expired in September. And now here we are uh, virtually every week since they expired. It took a couple of weeks. There was a lag. But virtually every week uh, since those uh, enhanced unemployment checks stopped, um, uh, unemployment filings have gone have gone down consistently. Remember when they told us – Democrats said this. They said, well, there's no doubt – we were complaining about how the enhanced unemployment, the $400, the $300 a week checks, federal unemployment checks, that was causing – uh, a, 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 a huge gap that was causing major unemployment and people were not um, getting hired for jobs. There were so many job openings that were not getting filled. And we said it's simple because people are getting paid not to work. Why would they work and get paid less? And the Democrats, some Democrats said, well, there's no data to support that theory. Well, we appreciate that theory, but like we have no idea if that's true. Hello, it's called common sense. It's called logic. If you're paying people as much money or more money as they would get working, why on earth would they work? You're paying them to stay home. And like we needed data to state the obvious. Well, here we have it now because seven weeks in a row and the unemployment filings continue to go down. All right, so you've got cities around the country, Democrat cities, cities where there were Antifa riots, cities where they defunded the police and they are now refunding the police. They are restoring funding to the police, and it is so much fun to watch this. The city of Portland now has become the latest city to push to restore funding to the police. Why? Because the city of Portland is falling apart. city is the by far one of the most um, Democrat liberal cities in the country, and 
I mean, chaotic. The, the, Portland has been chaos for over a year. Crime is under control as it is in most Democrat cities around the country. Well, it's very simple. If you have more police, then you have less crime. If you have less police, then you have more crime. By the way, Eric Adams, speaking of that, Eric Adams in New York City, I mean, pick, uh, taking over in a few weeks for the dreadful Bill de Blasio, who has just, I mean, uh, sent New York City into oblivion. I mean, de Blasio has just just done, done a terrible, terrible job in New York City, and nobody's going to be sorry to see him go. Eric Adams has already pledged to restore, he's saying a lot of good things, Eric Adams. He has pledged to restore the anti-crime unit, the anti-crime unit. That was one of the most effective units in the entire NYPD. They were the ones who found the most dangerous criminals. And, uh, of course, they were disbanded by Bill de Blasio, one of many, many just awful moves that de Blasio made. Anyway, back to Portland. This is according to the Washington Times. Last year, night after night, hundreds marched the streets. Remember, there were Antifa riots and all these very, very violent riots in Portland for weeks and weeks and weeks, and uh, rioters were demanding racial justice, um, and they demanded to defund the police. Well, last June, the city of Portland cut millions from the police budget. Now, here we are about a year and a half later, and they are going to restore those budget cuts, at least partially restore the budget cuts. Don't worry, eventually they'll be fully restored to the police. Portland is now considering Five over five million dollars, adding increasing police funding by over five million dollars because Portland has suffered the a record number of homicides. Uh, the police staffing has has suffered a huge shortage, and the the DOJ has gotten involved. The DOJ has made reform recommendations for the Portland police. So they slashed millions and millions of dollars from the budget of the Portland uh, of the Portland police. And uh, what happened as a result? Record number of homicides. Crime is surging, just as so many other cities, liberal Democrat cities around the country. Uh, so you see, I mean, as though, again, as though we need a connection. It's like I need to prove, I need data to prove that giving people money not to work may, makes people not get hired, not get jobs, and, and, and sit home and not work. I need data to prove that if you take away funding from the police and you get rid of police officers and uh, literally have shortages that you're going to have more crime and more murders. I, I mean, you can't make this stuff up like Democrats. I mean, it's so obvious. It's scary. Meanwhile, in uh, on Election Day, as we know, um, some Democrat mayoral candidates around the country who won, they won on a platform of law and order. They pledged to boost police budget. So after you had the defund the police movement, it's been an abysmal failure. And now they are restoring funding to the police. Minneapolis, of course, which is where George Floyd was killed, uh, voters rejected a proposal that would have replaced the police department with a department of public safety. They wanted to abolish the police. And of course, Elon Omar led this movement. Minneapolis wanted to abolish the police. Thankfully, the people of Minneapolis were too smart to do something so ridiculous, so insane. But you had, I mean, Democrats supporting, like replacing the police force with like social workers. I mean, it's 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 totally ludicrous. Washington D.C. has experienced a huge surge in crime, so maybe they should eliminate more police officers and get more social workers. By the way, there's an actual T-shirt that is being promoted by the Trump campaign. This is great. The T-shirt says, "We miss nasty tweets and a dollar seventy nine per gallon of gas." That that's basically we miss mean tweets or nasty tweets. But uh, that's what the T-shirt says. We miss. Nasty tweets and a dollar seventy nine per gallon in gas prices. I mean, that, that just tells you 
everything you need to know. Biden's tweets are so boring. They're these like very these like vanilla, like um very generic tweets. Build back better, build back better. We'll help working families. You know, these tweets that like nobody wants to read, makes your eyes glaze over. Those are the Biden tweets. I miss Trump's tweets. I miss Trump threatening to fire people and saying all sorts of nasty things about his own members of cabinet. I mean, uh, Trump's off of Twitter. Twitter banned him. And it's like, I don't understand. They were just, they were the best tweets. They were so entertaining, whether you, whether you loved him or hated him. His tweets, they just got so much attention. All right. Meanwhile, Biden is blaming gas companies for price gouging. I mean, this is this is unbelievable. Here you have inflation is out of control. Prices of groceries are out of control. Prices of everything. Just it's it's amazing how high prices have gone up. The dollar is becoming like worthless. It's not because of OPEC. It's not because of Russia. And it's not because of price gouging. Is that happening here and there a little bit? I don't know. But like, give me a break, Biden. Look in the mirror, you and your inflation and your policies and and, and your COVID uh, relief bills and all of that, pumping the economy with trillions of dollars. And now the, the latest, the infrastructure, that's what's driving inflation right now. But, but Biden, he wants them to investigate gasoline companies for price gouging. Are, are the avocado companies gouging the prices for avocados and groceries? Are, are car comp- I mean, car companies, I mean, car costs are just skyrocketing out of control is that also price gouging hello if it was just gasoline and nothing else then maybe you'd have a point it's absurd not to mention by the way it's totally in biden's control he he closed down the keystone pipeline and biden you know he's not producing the, the the u.s has oil reserves they could produce oil under trump the u.s was producing like a record amount of oil that would bring down gas prices but biden this is his choice is not to do that is not to manufacture oil I mean, this is the Biden strategy for virtually everything. Blame someone else. Implement terrible policies, whether it's Afghanistan, whether it's the border, you know, inflation, the economy. Have terrible policies. Blame someone else. Blame Trump for Afghanistan. Blame Trump for the border, even though Trump literally his border policies were the best in decades. Biden inherited the most secure border in decades. COVID, of course, they blame Trump. Trump is the one who created the vaccine. The vaccine, the Democrat. By the way, uh, there have been officially more deaths in the year uh, 2021 from COVID in America than the year 2020. So, and and I think it's pretty close to we're pretty close to the point where Biden is responsible for more deaths than Trump. We're, I don't think we're there yet, but it's very very close. It's a few weeks away, which again, it's a horrible horrible milestone. You know, one death is too many. Every life is precious, and you know, I don't want to diminish that at all. But, like, it's amazing to me that Biden gets a total pass. Trump, without a vaccine, Trump had no vaccine. He's the one who gave us the vaccine. He gets zero credit for that. Biden has a vaccine. And, look, I know it's hard to compare state by state. And, you know, it's spread differently and seasonal and all that. It's very hard to compare. But, like, nobody had any problem blaming Trump for COVID. Trump was the fall guy. Cuomo didn't get blamed for COVID, even though he was responsible for tens of thousands of deaths. Phil Murphy didn't get blamed. Fauci didn't get blamed, even though he was the one advising Trump. Trump listened to almost everything that Fauci recommended. And Trump sometimes was even stricter than Fauci with travel bans. But they all get a pass. Trump is, was always the one who got the, got the blame for COVID. And yet Biden, with a vaccine, is responsible for more death than Trump or will be soon. And yet, and the Delta variant. And yet somehow Biden gets a pass. I mean, it's totally, totally outrageous. And uh, it's like Biden's strategy is, listen, 
I'm basically the worst president in history, but it's all because of Trump, my predecessor, who, by the way, was one of the best presidents in history. Meanwhile, Biden actually admitted that the COVID stimulus checks that he sent out were part of what led to massive inflation. I mean, inflation's out of control. By the way, that's going to be the killer. That's what's going to bring down every president who uh, was suffering through inflation. I mean, people do not like the fact that they can't afford basic staples, gasoline for the car, groceries, etc. So um, that's something that nobody ever wins re-election when, when inflation is out of control, which is what's happening now. And I don't believe that Biden's policies are going to do anything to try to stifle inflation. So but Biden now admits that the co- and even if it's not Biden running, which I don't believe it will be in 2024, whichever Democrat is running is going to be associated in some way with Biden. You have to believe that they're going to get blamed for the economy as well, assuming that it's still in bad shape. But um, Biden actually he conceded the fact that the reason inflation is so high is because of the COVID stimulus checks, at least partially as a result of the $1.9 trillion COVID relief legislation, which wasn't COVID relief, by the way, um, back earlier in the year. He, he, he basically said, he said that um, the reason that inflation is the highest it's been in 30 years is because people have more money now, partially because of the stimulus legislation. Here's the problem. It's not like Biden, and Biden, he'll do that once in a while. He'll kind of you know, not remember things that he's not supposed to say, and he'll be honest and tell the truth, not realizing that he's not supposed to say these things. So this is like something the Republicans, we've been telling you for a long time, Biden spoke in Baltimore, and he actually endorsed what we've been saying, which is that people have more money now, because of the partially because of the COVID relief legislation. That's not the whole story, obviously. But here's the thing. Wouldn't you think that Biden at this point would want to stop spending so many trillions of dollars pumping it into the economy? No, he just passed infrastructure. and Now he's pushing the Build Back Better bill, which just passed the House. Um, the DHS secretary, this is amazing because yet another piece of fake news that the media was all over and yet the media refuses to retract the story when it turns out to be false. So the DHS secretary, Mayorkas, he is not going – or I should say the, the, the IG, the, the inspector general for the DHS, for the Department of Homeland Security – has decided not to investigate that bogus story about border agents whipping illegal migrants. Remember when they had those supposed pictures, which it turns out that they were not. If you look carefully at the pictures, they were not whipping. They were using the whips to control their horses, but they were not whipping illegals. But that was the story that the media ran with. So the story was a hoax, it turns out. Now the media is ignoring the fact that the uh, IG has confirmed that th- there's nothing here to investigate. They, the, the, the media pounded away at the original story which turned out to be fake, about um, border agents on their horses whipping illegals, Haitians, illegal Haitian migrants. But now the truth comes out and they are completely ignoring it. Tuesday night, the major television networks, which are all leftist, uh, ignored the update to the story about the fake whipping. The inspector general for DHS has declined to investigate those claims when the initial false allegations came out in September ABC, CBS, NBC, and other liberal news outlets um, were eagerly reporting without evidence that border officials were engaged in racism and were whipping black Haitian migrants crossing the border illegally. And now the media is refusing to backtrack on that story, even though it's been debunked, just like the Steele dossier and so many other pieces of fake news. Meanwhile, Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, says not all illegals should be deported, even the illegals who are slated to be deported should not necessarily be deported. I mean, it's so outrageous. Alejandro Mayorkas, 
He was discussing illegals who have been giving been given final removal orders. So we're not talking about the millions and tens of millions of illegals around the country who are just being allowed to roam free. We're talking about 1.2 million illegals who have been given given their deportation orders. And Mallorca says, well, we're still not going to deport them and probably won't even report, uh, deport the majority of these illegals who are slated for deportation. That's what Mallorca, he testified before the Senate. Here's what he said. He said, quote, we cannot remove 1.2 million individuals because it's impractical. And he said, quote, I would not necessarily accept the fact that all of them have received due process. And uh, he was asked if any of the 1.2 million should be deported. Mallorca said those who pose a public safety threat or a national security threat or a border security threat. So essentially what they're saying is just because they're slated for deportation, they've been given their final orders. We're still not going to deport them. We'll decide case by case. You know what that means when they'll decide case by case. It means they'll decide a tiny, tiny minority, somebody who's committed like a major, major crime. And I love it when they talk about due process. They're not entitled. Due process is granted by the Constitution. You have to be a legal resident. You think that just any illegal that swims through some river or sneaks across the border somehow and gets into the United States on U.S. soil, is now entitled to due process. That's not how it works. The Constitution grants due process rights to people. And by the way, maybe they did get due process, because very often they do, which that's a courtesy to me that the gracious U.S. um, justice system gives these these illegals. But they're not entitled to due process because, in in my opinion, it's a no-brainer, because they're not U.S. citizens, they're not residents, they don't have a green card, they don't have a visa, they're illegal so why on earth should they be entitled to due process, which is which is a right granted by the Constitution to Americans or to people who are in America legally? All right, we haven't discussed this, but this is a very important story. The FBI several days ago raided the home of James O'Keefe. James O'Keefe is the founder of Project Veritas. Project Veritas, they're the ones who like expose all these liberal hoaxes and, and liberal corruption. You know, uh, they, they expose a lot of voter fraud and just just all sorts of all sorts of scandals that happen by people on the left, all sorts of things going on at CNN. So Project Veritas, they got their hands on a diary that supposedly belonged to Ashley Biden, to President Biden's adult daughter. And I don't think it was verified. I don't think Project Veritas, I don't think they ever publicized the diary, but they got their hands on the diary. And it seems now that the DO, Biden's DOJ is actually taking revenge and retaliating against James O'Keefe and this FBI raid seems to be illegal, and it poses a huge threat to freedom of the press, which is why this is so important to discuss. Even the ACLU, the ACLU, who it, it seems cannot stand Project Veritas, the ACLU, of course, extremely liberal, and even the ACLU is now coming to the defense of James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. So what does that tell you? That tells you this must have been an extremely illegal and extremely corrupt raid, and the ACLU is blasting the FBI. This raid was done, as I said, in retaliation after James O'Keefe got a hold of Ashley Biden's diary. There is no evidence to suggest that James O'Keefe did anything illegal in obtaining the diary. Uh, it seems the diary must have been legit if, if the DOJ is taking it so seriously. But the DOJ clearly working here on behalf of Biden. Imagine if it were Trump. Imagine if Trump – remember when Trump used to glance in the direction of Attorney General Barr, they accused him of tampering with the DOJ. But here you have clearly they're acting on behalf of Biden taking revenge on James O'Keefe. So the ACLU defending O'Keefe essentially says that the FBI trampled on his First Amendment rights. Um, the ACLU released a statement saying that this case could have serious consequences for freedom of the press. Here's the statement, quote, 
Project Veritas has engaged in disgraceful deceptions and reasonable observers might not consider their activities to be journalism at all. Nevertheless, the president said in this case could have serious consequences for freedom of the press unless the government had good reason to believe Project Veritas employees were directly involved in the criminal theft of the diary. It should not have subjected them to invasive search and seizure. We urge the court to appoint a special master to ensure that law enforcement officers review only materials lawfully seized and directly relevant to a legitimate criminal investigation. And by the way, Politico, also a pretty leftist news outlet, um, had a story called, quote, titled, quote, FBI raid on Project Veritas founders' home sparks questions about press freedom. But here, the ACLU, they start off their statement saying that Project Veritas has engaged in disgraceful deceptions, and they say they're basically not even journalists, and yet they say that the FBI is basically infringing on their freedom of the press. And it's very clear that Biden is doing exactly what Obama did, what Hillary did. They are weaponizing the DOJ to intimidate the conservative media. And uh, obviously, if Trump did this, I mean, the media would be livid. But because it's Biden and he's doing it against a conservative group, you know, if Trump did this to a liberal group, I mean, forget it. I mean, the, 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 the media would be in a tizzy. They'd be having a meltdown. Jonathan Turley, he made the point that even if this diary did belong to Biden, to Ashley Biden, um, there's still the FBI has no jurisdiction. He says, what federal statute gives the FBI jurisdiction to raise to, to raid James O'Keefe's home and to raid Project Veritas offices over a diary? Let's say a diary was stolen. That's not that's not the FBI. FBI can't just anytime somebody commits a crime that's a local crime or a state crime. The FBI has no jurisdiction. They only have jurisdiction over federal crimes. There was no federal crime that was committed. The fact that it happened to involve the president's daughter does not make it a federal crime. So. Again, it's it's Biden basically using the FBI as his personal security firm. All right, that's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.